Welcome to Welcome to Primetime, a show covering the Freddy Krueger hosted anthology series Freddy's Nightmares, one episode at a time. I'm Brennan Klein. Every episode is brought to you by listeners who donated to the Okra Project. Donations are now closed. Thank you so much to everybody who contributed. Um, once more, returning guest, returning champion, under Twitch Street, twi- Twitch Twitching at under Trick Disco. <laughs> it's Rex Daily. <laughs> Welcome back. Howdy, howdy. My my tongue was twitching trying to say that. Well, that's how it works. That's all you do on Twitch. Huh? Is that why it's called that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Welcome back. How's it going? It is going great. How about with you? Good. Um, I am so excited to talk about this episode, so let's just dive right on in. Good. Season 2, Episode 16, Interior Loft. Another extremely horny episode. So horny? I thought the whole show had to be this horny. And it it's not not... Um, but the horniness has really been, it is really concentrated in kind of the back half of this season. Okay. Well, that's the best half. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of a front guy myself. <laughs> front or back guy. <laughs> uh, um, season two, episode 16, Interior Loft, original air date January 28th, 1990. Here's what you could have watched instead, a movie called The Image, about a reporter where a death causes him to reinvestigate his allegiance to the news. Don't know how. Don't really care. Um, The writer this week is David Braff. Director is Ken Wiederhorn. Um, The cast, not... Okay, so as Kim, we have Elizabeth uh, Kiefer, who is in Guiding Light. And as Mickey, we have Clifton Collins Jr., who you might know from Star Trek or Capote or Traffic. He's the one person who you've... If you know anyone in this episode, it's him. Okay. Um, It's at least a name that I'd heard of, even though I couldn't place the face. Yeah. (laughs) But anyway, so... Kim... Kim's sitting at home in her loft, daydreaming with giant hair, thinking of the scene (laughs) she's gonna write. Um... She asks her husband if he can read at the scene that she's writing. So she wants to know if it makes sense. But he's like, I have a marketing midterm in the morning. Um, and she also wants to bang. And she says, what happened to that horny guy I married? <laughs> he's With- got a midterm. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Honestly, I don't know whose side I'm on. Because I don't feel like it's that late. But also, I respect circadian rhythms. So Yeah, sure. Like, I have, uh, yeah, no, you know what? I'm just not going <laughs> to, I'll, I'll save that for off the air. For um, sure. <laughs> but yeah, another, um, another line that's really interesting coming from a woman on this show, which is, you haven't made love to me since I stopped bringing home a paycheck. I wrote that down. The hiking boots and the paycheck. That's, that's how you define a woman. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I, there is so much that Freddy's Nightmares gets wrong about female characters, but these lines are killing it. Oh, yeah. It's about what they say, not what they do and show. Yeah, not about literally anything else. (laughs) Yeah, and Freddy shows up again in liminal space. He's like, what's wrong with that guy? Guess he doesn't want to be a sex symbol. If he won't give her what she wants, maybe I will. Ugh, the kind of guy her dreams are made of. Tall, dark, and burned to a crisp. Yeah, that was... 
the, it went on for a bit. It does go on for a bit. Tall, dark, and burned to a crisp, I like. But I don't like that Freddy wants to fuck. Yeah. I mean, it feels in character, but I hate thinking about it. Yeah, well, it, it is in character, but um, this is not something that you would know. This is something that happens on other episodes. But oh. this show is the first time that it has become actually canonical that Freddy is a child molester. Oh. Um, so the horniness is really not what I want from this character. Yeah, very fair. Yeah, so moving on. <laughs> um, So she's writing her dream novel, and I love that it's an erotica novel and not oh, like I... the great American novel. Same. Taking a sabbatical to write smut. Yeah. The American dream, honestly. <laughs> yeah, it's so good. And also, really confusing smut, because she's writing about how he's brushing soft silk across her eyes, and not in a, like, BDSM blindfold way, he's just brushing her eyes. Yeah. <laughs> I was confused how death got involved at all with that. Yeah, it's, it's, well, it's confusing. Um... <laughs> She does, she calls her husband at work, they kind of do a phone sex thing, and the sax, cue the saxophone. Uh, yep, I wrote down horny 80 sax, let's go! Oh yeah, and he does not recognize his wife's voice over the phone. He just, just yep. he thinks some horny lady has randomly called him, and he is down. Yeah, he's ready. He's like, I have my fantasy all lined up, girl. Yeah, and then he, it's, it's very much like the Pina Colada song, where he's like, wait, you're my wife? <laughs> Because she comes right down the stairs. <laughs> yeah, she does. <laughs> While they were talking. <laughs> and he's so confused. He almost goes cross-eyed. He's like, what? And I thought she was going to be mad at him. Like, you're talking to this random floozy about, but like, she's like, oh, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, whatever gets it up for him, you know, because clearly sure. her other methods have not been working. <laughs> Yeah, it's been however many months. <laughs> yeah, whenever she stopped bringing home the paycheck. Mm. Um, and she just writes about sex all day. She wants to fuck. Yeah, I, I don't blame her. Yeah. Um. Okay, so he gets the idea that she should record a 976 number. Anything to get out of having sex with this woman. <laughs> <laughs> um. So he's like, oh, and then he says, the money you make on the phone can be used for my tuition. I'm like, yeah, uh, immediately. Excuse it's me. My money now. That's so rude, first of all. Like, first of all, how dare you? <laughs> um, when he literally takes the check, she, he shows her the check, takes it out of her hands, and puts it in his breast pocket. It is so. This is where that gender binary thing just comes roaring back. <laughs> With a vengeance. <laughs> um, but yes, so the police are here. They're looking for a young woman named Allison Drought. Yeah. Who was strangled with a silk stocking, which she mentions in her 976 message. So, so it's like, oh, maybe she inspired the killer and they called her voicemail. I, I thought Allison Drought was going to be her like sex number name. Because I was like, oh, that's such a weird name, Drought. <laughs> it's a great name, but yeah, it's not a, it's not a person name. Yeah. But no, this is just a real woman who unfortunately got strangled with a pair of silk stockings. Um, she does have a dream that she's cornered by a revenge mom wearing sunglasses. Allison's mom, who 
is like, I hope you have a little girl so she can die like mine. Like, and then wow. Slaps her in the face. <laughs> oh, I love a good revenge mom. Oh, it was nice. Um, but yeah, so basically, she she's like, okay, this is too much. I'm going to cancel the message. This next part is also a dream, but basically, the the killer leaves a voicemail that's like, you need to make me tingle. <laughs> <laughs> I it took me so long to realize that was a dream. <laughs> well, it's so. Uh, uh, th- this is something that happens a lot on the show where people wake up from a dream and then they continue on a linear story that follows from what they dreamed about and continues from there. And then they wake yeah. up again and do the same thing. And you're kind of like, what's, what's happening? <laughs> I need a chart. <laughs> yeah. And they walk back certain details of what happened in the dream where it's like, Oh no, he didn't burst in through a skylight to try to kill her, but he is, he's, <laughs> He does exist, and the details of him are real. Yeah, like, someone goes through the skylight, just not him. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> we got some great falls in this in this pair of episodes you and I are doing. We do. Um, yeah, so she, she is afraid of the message, I guess. She calls um, her husband, and he's like, make sure the elevator doors to the loft are locked, and I'll be right over. The detective comes back. Um, and she's like, well, I might be able to recognize the killer's voice from my dreams, which would be a ridiculous thing to say if this wasn't Freddy's Nightmares. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> um, Wait a minute. I think I do know where Jimmy Hoffa is buried. <laughs> yeah, I dreamed about it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, she goes to get dressed and she gets another phone call from the killer. She looks out into the loft and sees that the policeman is calling from her other line. So he's the killer. Um, so she's being chased around by the cop. Her husband shows up, but he can't get in because he does not have a key to his own apartment. No, of course not. After he told her to lock it. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, so they end up in the bathroom and this is where the husband comes crashing in through the skylight. (laughs) What a move. They smash the detective's face through a window and there's glass in his throat. Gross. That was cool. <laughs> yeah, it was, yeah. When I say gross, I mean awesome. <laughs> yeah. Um, I also thought he made such a good acting choice before at the door when he like put his hand on it through the glass so tenderly, like if you could just reach back out, and then he punches right through <laughs> in his after her. Oh yeah, so many, so many, so many choices in this episode. Not all of them good, <laughs> but choices yeah. nonetheless. Um. So that's the end of this vignette. Um. Freddy's dressed as a cop, so he's a bastard. Um, yeah, exactly. He's like, well, there's never a cop around when you need one. Um, you have the right to remain silent, right to an attorney, right to die. <laughs> <laughs> um, so cut to Kim is in her sex kitten outfit, which means her hair is three times larger than normal. <laughs> yes. And she's in a rubber room. She's like, it's my husband's fault. He's the one that's insane. And it turns out this is a scene from the book that she's writing. She's staying on it. Good for her. Oh, okay. That's what I was still today trying to be like, was that from the book? Was that a premonition? What the hell was that? No, it, it's from the book. Um, <laughs> okay. And yeah, this, this, I think this um, episode assumes that we've read this book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this book that doesn't exist, but we've read it. Yeah, it's called Killer Sex, by the way, which is not a title that 
I don't think would get published. No. Um, just because it's not a good title, not because of the like luridness of it. It's like it's just bad. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so this scene, he's reading the, it from her manuscript, and she gets all mad. She's like, "Don't ever let me catch you looking at my manuscript." Um, and so he starts to think that maybe she's taking on the characteristics of the lead in her novel, which again would be convenient to know about what those characteristics might be. Yeah. Um, and there's a psychiatrist who shows up that she hates. So she leaves. Um, and then it's like, are you going to be home for dinner? And she's like, what difference does it make? She's just being really mean. Yeah. Um, I guess the horniness finally got to her. Um, like, it, I couldn't believe that the whole first half of the episode actually did happen. At that point, I thought we went back in time to the start, and none of that even happened. No, they're just, you know, they're consistent <laughs> in their schedule in this apartment yeah. where they murdered a man. Exactly. Murdered a cop, too. Like, that's hard to get through. Oh, yeah. The, the amount of, like, publicity and trial and whatnot would be really taxing i imagine but yeah no, they're just right back at it um <laughs> cut to friday's liminal space in this season there is a lot more like actual like living people that exist in this space alongside freddy which was not a thing in the first season okay but this is the first time that one of them actually talks <laughs> um it's this guy at a typewriter and Freddy's like, what's taking so long? Where's that script? And he's just like, I hope you like it, Mr. Kruger. It's very, <laughs> like, uh, Jimmy Olsen. It felt very mystery science theater to me. Oh, yeah, th those kind of, yeah, the 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 uh, kind of little sketches on the satellite of love that they yeah. do. Yeah, like, that's what it felt like. It was so strange. Yeah, it's, it's tonally goofy in a way that does not, jive with the goofiness the other the other flavor of goofiness that this show is because yeah, he had just killed a cop or he was dressed as a cop slits a guy's throat and then now it's i hope you like my script yeah, exactly <laughs> we're just we're, we're back to square one for everyone they're acting like none of this <laughs> ever happened um and okay so the shrink shows up he is dressed like a mortician he he looks intense yes um the doctor slips someone a Mickey. I thought it was himself, but... Yeah, I thought it was his own meds. Yeah, that's what it looked like, because I thought he drank that... I'm yeah, confused. that's the cup he grabs. He slips them in that cup, and then that's the cup he takes. Yeah, okay, that's what I thought. But then later, they kind of imply that he's been drugging the husband, but that's... I guess did not happen in this scene. He was just... That was his... <laughs> that was his, uh, his MDMA. <laughs> um, but so... I don't, they're not doing therapy. I don't know what they're doing. They're just kind of talking at a dining room table. Yeah. Um, but basically, this is where he kind of floats the theory that his wife is becoming her character. Um, and so in the novel, Kim's character, Tanya, um, seduces someone and stabs him in the back. Um, and then, God, sorry, I... This is this is the part of every episode where I totally lose track of my notes, and I'm like, I honestly don't know what happened in this plot. Yeah, it gets twisty. But yes, so he there there is kind of the implication that like a real life murder is linked to Kim. I don't remember like where it comes in. Yeah, because we never even meet that character or hear about him until after. Yeah, it's really the the chron chronology is confusing. 
like if anything having the full context of the entire episode makes understanding previous scenes harder <laughs> yes <laughs> um but you know when it all comes down to it uh he's suspicious of his wife she comes into the room and dressed in her evil sex clown outfit i love it it's so <laughs> it is iconic she's telling him to come to bed and sexy bongos are playing in the background <laughs> he loved the like sexy 80s bongos such a choice um and, but then she gets she you know she mood swings she's like you've manhandled me for the last time michael and he's like that's not my name <laughs> yeah that oh i also when they were about to have sex and he's taken her stockings off the show's been so horny i almost screamed because i thought he was gonna put her whole foot in his mouth <laughs> i was not prepared oh that would have been great <laughs> i would have died on the spot um i mean I'm, I'm i guess i'm glad that didn't happen but yeah um but yeah so he gets a call from the police captain he's looking for um a cop who died who died in a similar way to the scene in the book but this cop's name is nick charles which is the name of the main character well not the main or one of the main characters from the thin man like the classic film noir movie oh well that makes sense because that's like the, how they style him yeah, yeah, at least it, like, kind of fits something about this episode rather than, like, Ben Carson last time. <laughs> yeah. Um. But, yeah, so, you know, more stuff where he's worrying about the book and her, like, flipping her shit. Um, she, he, she, he, that, he reads in her manuscript a scene of her fucking a shrink, and he's like, she's fucking my shrink. <laughs> and he finds the doctor's ripped off buttons on the floor. <laughs> Um, from when she ripped his shirt open all sexy like. Oh yeah. Um, so next time he sees the shrink, he realizes that there's a, a there is a drugs in the teacups, so he switches them, and, but the the, the drugs, the drugs this time is poison. <laughs> yeah, and a very fast acting one. Yes. So, the Rex. <laughs> feel like they weren't supposed to show us the scene previously where he put something in tea and they just forgot yeah and neither of them died so it's like that was clearly something else <laughs> um but so he switches the cops um the shrink dies kim comes in and she's like oh i knew you read my manuscript otherwise you wouldn't have switched those cups <laughs> um but she's like but also I rewrote the last chapter. She gets rid of both of the men at the same time. There is a slower acting poison in your cup, which I knew you would switch somehow. She princess brighted them. She really did. <laughs> um, she's like, this one is slower. So now I have the privilege of watching you die. She's, she's like, such a prolific writer, too. She, she's banging these chapters out like nobody's business. She really is. Good for her. Yeah. Um, And yeah, so she's like, She's like, I'm doing this for research. <laughs> Even though she already wrote the chapters. Yeah. And she's like, you don't mind if I watch, do you? And I'm like, oh, this is the only good line of it so far. Yeah. And then she asks, have you lost control of your bowels yet? <laughs> that, and then his death face. Ooh. Oh, yeah. And she's like, that sick mind of yours is about to destroy itself. <laughs> like, he didn't make you do the cult. That was the other thing. Like... It was like a nice outlet for her. It was an idea that he floated, and she's like, "It sure sounds cool." Yeah, that, look, I am all about 
women getting revenge on men in these kinds of stories, but the yes, but the, there's nothing revengeful other than like him taking her paycheck but she did not seem to be bothered by that yeah like the one thing the fucking paycheck and she's just like ah whatever what i'm really bad about is that you saved me from that guy and you read my manuscript yeah um yeah it's i don't know what this episode is trying to tell me (laughs) i i felt like it could have ended after they killed the cop that felt like a great episode (laughs) but then it kept going um yeah and then freddie does his thing he's reading her book killer sex which has been published apparently even in hell um (laughs) he's like pretty juicy stuff i guess it just goes to show you don't have to be crazy to be a good writer but it sure helps and i'm like you really are resorting to just office like (laughs) comic strip on the bulletin board humor now (laughs) yeah we're scraping the barrel (laughs) yeah uh, okay, Rex, what are your final thoughts on this episode? Was it a dream? Was it a nightmare? Or did it put you to sleep? You know, I the first half, that first 20 minutes, I'd say was a dream. Okay. I was having a really good time with it, but that last <laughs> bit was a nightmare. Yeah. Uh, for me, I think overall, I, I, I'm not inclined to disagree with you, but I think that evens out for me to a put me to sleep where I was just kind of like... I, it, it lulled me into a trance where I was like, I don't know where I am anymore. I don't know why I'm here. <laughs> What's happening? And I don't have the strength to follow. <laughs> yeah, because there's nothing. To, there's simultaneously too much and not enough to follow. <laughs> yes. But thus ends your journey with Freddy's Nightmares. Thank you so much for coming on this, this trip with me. <laughs> that was a hoot to watch and then chat about. I am so glad you were available and had the the stomach to watch these. Um, It was hard, but I did it. Rex, imagine watching 44 of these. Uh, You know, if I knew I had cool people like you to talk about with it afterwards, I think I could do it. Oh, you're so very kind. Um, (laughs) I don't think it's worth it. No, I don't think I'm um, going to. But... Yeah, oh, yeah. No, no, don't. Don't do it. Um, I, as of this recording, I have now seen, I've watched all of them. Um, wow. So I am free. I still have some recordings to finish up, but I am free from watching, which is the hard part. The talking part is great. Oh, just so proud of our troops. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, I just, I do genuinely like my shoulders unclenched like i was like i am free (laughs) the nightmare is over yeah (laughs) um but anyway rex where can everybody find your twitch your twitter all the all the tea things that you are out in the world yes uh on twitch uh twitch.tv slash trick disco and twitter is trick underscore disco i stream every weekday uh noon to four pacific standard time and i mainly play phasmophobia but sometimes warcraft both are good um yeah <laughs> you can find me on twitter at it's raining brands and instagram at the burning clem our artwork was created by henry hall if you'd like to support trans artists and you should you can send them a commission at henryhall.design our theme song is living in a dream by pseudo echo rate and review us wherever you get us next episode is actually it's called interior loft later <laughs> it is not a sequel to this episode except that it takes place in the exact same loft set (laughs) um but here's the synopsis 
To avoid prosecution and to increase the value of his work, an artist fakes his own death following the accidental death of one of his models. Before long, he goes stir-crazy cooped up in the loft apartment and accuses his wife of having an affair. An affair. Later, two ladies reluctantly agree to let a guy move into their apartment, but they're apprehensive about his intentions, for good reason. So that's, that's, that's going to be next time. Um, and until then, on Tuesday, uh, sweet dreams, everybody. Bye-bye.